everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the internet, formerly known as the World Wide Web. That is where you can find HashtagBasketball.com. Go there. Because it is time to prep for another week here in fantasy basketball land. I don't know what what geographical um, object. I don't even know if we call them objects. That fantasy basketball is. Is it a peninsula? Is it a islet? That's a cool one. I like that one. Um, the fantasy basketball islet. It is time to prepare for week six. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, another exciting week in fantasy, maybe? Uh, we're going to see something new. That's cool. Yeah. I think we're about to... I mean, we're, we're almost kind of... We shouldn't bury the lead, Tyler. We're a little salty about the in-season tournament. Right? I mean, I don't know about salty is the word. Like, so I am. I've been just indifferent about it so far. Like, I don't think it's really added anything. The courts have been hard to watch, some of them. So I guess that would be a negative above it. But, like, to me, it's been the same. And, like, I'm not following well. Like, I don't know who's in what group. So it's hard to follow, like, who's winning, who's losing. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, the Lakers won all their games. Pacers won all their games. Like, they're in the quarterfinals. But. I don't know, like, following it has not been easy for me, personally. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think, actually think the courts are really cool. I, I like all that. Like, I like when shit's weird. But when it comes to, like, if you ask me who, I, all I know is that the Bulls uh, can't win a game and the Lakers are taking it way too seriously. That's all I know from around the entire league. What's going on in this tournament? And if you have to prompt everybody... With like, oh, this game is very important because Orlando and whoever, apparently Orlando's doing pretty well in the tournament. Um because they play the Bulls like five times. They're need they need to win this game against the Knicks. It's a it, they're both got one loss, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh really? Like I had no idea at all. And I only found that out like as the game was going on. And it's only because I religiously watch Orlando. Like, that's that's the only reason I knew. I didn't know the day before. I didn't know this was going to be a, a serious game. And I'm not quite sure if the teams are taking the games that seriously. Like, they've all been kind of... I haven't seen, like, any, like, super, like, playoff vibe games so far during the tournament. And I think the, the the real reason I'm salty is that it leads into week seven. We're going to talk about week six here, but because of week seven and the tournament, there's 12 games on Saturday and week six. There are right now zero games on Sunday, question mark. They're in all the games next week are to be announced. So what the hell are we supposed to do uh, fantasy wise to plan our weeks? Yeah, that's problematic. I don't think there are any games on Sunday at all. Um, next, on December, what is that? 
the start of December Sunday. Third, uh, right? December 3rd. I don't think there are any games. Next week, I think there are games every day. They are waiting to announce who is playing where when we decide who is in the quarterfinals of the tournament and who needs more regular season games because they don't have enough. The quarterfinals and the semifinals of the in-season tournament both count as regular season games. I'm assuming the losers play each other too to round out their schedule. Yeah, they must, right? So I would assume, like, say, I don't know, it's Lakers and uh, Pacers are in there. The Magic, who might be smirched, who have won six straight and are currently second in the Eastern Conference, um, are also going to be in there, I believe. Let's go. I told you, I'm, so, I'm on the magic train this, this year. I don't know uh, how it's going to work, what's going to happen, what week seven looks like at all. I don't think any of us do at this point. Um, I would say what you can best do is just keep maximizing your lineup when you know what's happening, right? So if you see somebody on the waiver wire that may be good, but you don't know how many games they're going to play, pick them up. If you see yeah. somebody that, like, now's not the time to pick up, I don't know, insert player who's just middling here because he plays four games, but we don't know who plays four games. So just pick up someone who's good, someone who actually is going to produce stats no matter how many games they play. Yeah. If you are looking at a guy on the waiver wire and you're like, oh, that'd be, he's like, he's pretty good. Nice to be, nice to be have him, but like, uh, I don't know. Uh, blah, blah, somebody, I can't even think of like a middling player right now for some reason. Uh, Grant Williams is playing four games. Uh, I'm going to pick up Grant Williams. Yeah, maybe pick up Grant Williams. I don't know. He's, you know, he's been up and down, falling off uh, lately, right? I I think everyone is in the same boat. I think that's the way to think about week seven. That everyone is playing and approaching that week with a lack of information. And everyone's going to get that information um, if they're paying attention sooner than other players who are not. And therefore, it is if you want an advantage in week seven, and we're going to talk about week six, but if you want an advantage in week seven, you need to be plugged in. You need to be on Twitter. You need to be following Tyler P. Watts. You need to be following, you know, you also need to be following like all the, the people who set the schedules for these teams. Like, Follow the teams, follow all the different people on Twitter. And if you're if you're on top of it, you might be able to make some if you're in a daily league, of course, you might be able to make some moves that really work out in week seven to like hand you the week because of this rotating, shifting schedule that's happening below your feet. If other players, I guess, aren't aren't paying attention or are like twenty-four hours behind or twelve hours behind, right? Um, I, I, unfortunately, I think our Australian friends are going to be on top of it per usual since the games like get done as they're like going to late, late brekkie or whatever the hell they got going on over there. So, um, pay attention more so than usual. Maybe that was a little bit harder in week five because of Thanksgiving. Cause everybody, you know, going, you know, traveling, seeing family, doing this, doing that. It might have been busy. Week five is behind us. Week six is in front of us. And I do think there are some opportunities to get some stream in here, even though we have a 12-game Saturday, a zero-game Sunday for some damn reason. One of these weeks, we're actually going to have like a regular week. I think we've had one so far the first six weeks. 
But we do have, and maybe now's the time to pick up this these teams. We do have a five-game Monday and a seven-game Wednesday and a six-game Friday. And we got the Sixers with a Monday, Friday, actually Monday, Wednesday, Friday lineup. We got the Portland Trailblazers with a Monday, Thursday lineup. And I'm seeing if we got anyone else I really care about. Not really. I w- well, I guess you got the Wizards with a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and the Nuggets with a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Ooh, and the Pelicans. Okay. Four-game week for the Pelicans. That's nice. So I guess we'll focus on the Pelicans, the Nuggets, and the Wizards. Um, Nuggets have four games. Pistons have four games. The Wizards only have three and, of course, the Celtics and Spurs only have two games this week, but both of them play on Friday. So I think it's a, it's a anything goes. Like, I'm not, I'm not counting any team out here that plays on Friday or Monday as someone I can right. actually bring in and stream. And I actually might bring in some players. I think I brought in um, Marvin Bagley on a team yesterday in order to play him. In week six. Smart, smart move. Um, you said a lot there. Spurs have the absolute worst schedule. Thursday, Friday, back-to-back, and only two games. Like, how is that a real schedule? That should not be Why real. Why did they do that to the Spurs? What, what's um, going on? Do you want to talk about Marvin Bagley? What do you like about Marvin Bagley? Just that he's playing? I mean, we know what Marvin Bagley is at this point. I think... Um, I yeah, wish Marvin he was doing a little more in in many cases. Yeah, he's my. I mean, he's just my stream, right? Like I'm picking him up because I think on my particular team, and this is like this is just the way to play the game. On my particular team, I could use some uh, more rebounds, and in limited minutes, which occasionally Marvin Bagley gets 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And kind of gets gets wet with it, and I think he has that potential on um, Detroit to, if he's playing well, the coach kind of lets him lets him stay on the court. And so, with a four game week, uh, with Marvin Bagley uh, playing that Monday and that Thursday, I can pro- I actually probably slip him in on on Wednesday as well. Uh, I'm getting three starts out of a guy who's just hanging out on the waiver wire, who over the last, um, what, couple weeks is averaging six rebounds, 12 points, six rebounds, and a block, and really good percentages. And I care, I, I give a shit about percentages. If for one of those games, and this is the kind of players I like to focus on on the waiver wire, if for one of those games, they go, you know what, Marvin Bagley's cooking tonight, um, or we're getting, well, maybe, I don't know if he, he doesn't play a lot of minutes in blowouts. Um, cause I mean, they're just not, Detroit's just not winning any games whatsoever. Um, maybe he gets cooking and if he plays, if he gets an 18 and eight night with a block, that kind of like solidifies a good stream pickup for me for the week because I'm getting a, like a, a starter production from a guy that I pulled in at the last second on a day where I was going to have no one start in that position. 
I think that's fair. I just worry that Monty messes with that rotation a little bit uh, with him. I mean, like we've seen, he finally put Ivy back in the starting lineup, which was good, and Ivy had his best game of the year um, on Friday, which was also good. Yeah. Um, so love to is, see that. Is Monty done tinkering with that rotation? I'm not sure. Oh, almost certainly not. <laughs> uh, almost certainly not, which is why, like, if I get 14 minutes out of Marvin Bagley and he gives me four, five points and four rebounds, all right, five points and four rebounds uh, off the off the waiver wire isn't the worst thing in the world in a in kind of a standard or kind of a you know a, a deeper league, which is the the league I picked him up in. Uh, I will likely drop the shit out of Marvin Bagley come near the end of the week once his games are up or if I have a full um roster here at on uh on saturday he probably won't um play on saturday for me and i'll probably drop him on friday and pick somebody up who plays um who might play next week i don't even know that's that's what i'm saying like the problem is i can't really prep for next week so i'm gonna leave it all probably leave it all on the uh, floor here um pick somebody up on friday who i can play um and drop marvin bagley on thursday night actually Yeah, and I think that's the way to do it, right? Use, uh, because we don't know the schedule, don't be afraid to use your pickups early this week to try to win this week and then figure out next week at the end of the week. Um, I think those are the kind of things that make sense to me as far as um, when we don't know what's happening, right? Like if I see somebody that I think, oh, this person's going to play 30 minutes on Monday and I have an open spot in my roster, I'm going to pick up that person and stream them on Monday and I'm going to worry about the end of the week and next week when I have more information. Yes. And I think that's the the perfect way to approach week six here. Uh, there's a handful of injuries that have happened over the last few days or so that I think are, will probably bring uh, a little opportunity on the uh, streaming waiver wire. Um, Chris Middleton is out and it does seem like he's kind of re aggravated uh, his injury. And uh, I expect him not to play them to just basically be like, we'll leave him out as long as we need to leave him out in order to be healthy for the playoffs. Cause it's the only thing that the bucks are going to care about whatsoever. Um, they're going to have to rely on Brooke Lopez having 39 point nights, uh, which yo, shout out Brooke Lopez almost dropping 40. Um, it's really nice to see a senior adult. Um, I'm older than Brooke Lopez. That sucks. Uh, it's nice to see that a senior adult can still drop 40 in the league. Oh, Michael. Uh, Middleton's thing is worrying for me because we're announcing it as Achilles tightness. Yeah. That doesn't sound good. Um, I mean, the dude's only playing 20 some minutes a game and that, that was happening last year and no back-to-backs and it's still happening this year. It hasn't like his men's restriction hasn't gone away in two years does not bode well for the rest of his career, quite frankly. Well, and what, what's crazy is, do you know what happened right before this Achilles tightness popped up and he only played 12 minutes? He played 28 no. minutes for the first time against Boston. Two days before yeah, that, true. on Wednesday, he played 28 minutes. It was the first time he had played over 21 minutes all season. And then... Yeah. 
the mystery Achilles Titan has caught him, right? So again, like maybe this is just a situation where he literally can't play more than twenty minutes or twenty two minutes or twenty three minutes. Which would stink, but that's a real possibility at this point. Yeah, maybe I'm a little surprised that um, the Bucks decided to ramp him up and play him three times in, what, five days? And, yeah, like you're saying, that's maybe that's the consequence. He came in, played 12 minutes against the Wizards, a game they probably didn't need Middleton to play in because the Wizards aren't good. I guess they did almost lose, and Brook Lopez had to score 40. So maybe they did need him. But um, that doesn't, like you said, that does not bode well. And it sucks because look at, like, Middleton is like a standard league, like, bench player in 21 minutes. We love Chris Middleton. And you can see him ramping up here into what is essentially a top 75 player that you definitely drafted outside this top outside of the top 75 it's just it's i don't know i think you are i don't think we're gonna see 30 minutes from chris middleton ever again it's possible i mean he's only 32 so it's hard to say that especially when we see a lot of like we see players older and older playing more and more right like I mean, they you, they show the LeBron stats all the time about, like, how somebody who's played that long in the league or at that age, like, basically has never played as many minutes as LeBron's playing. And it's true. So, um, I don't want to say never, but it doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon, at least. Let's play a quick, who would you rather, Tyler? If you wanted to stream somebody off the Bucks while Middleton is out, uh, would you rather stream Malik Beasley? Or Bobby Portis? Definitely Bobby Portis for me. I mean, just Malik Beasley. We've seen this experience, haven't we? It's like you see some really good games, but then you also see some absolute clunkers. And, like, I'd much rather, like, I know Portis is going to rebound the ball, right? He's going to get me something. Whereas, like, Beasley, I mean, he literally produces some stat lines where you're going, like, okay, what did you do? Like, he literally has a game against the Knicks this season. In 22 minutes, he scored zero points, got three rebounds and three assists, and did nothing else. I like, I I agree with that. His he's more volatile, but Beasley can have like kind of like a nice stat game, and then he could completely disappear. While even if Bobby Portis is going to play 20 24 minutes in that range, you kind of know he's going to get you like he actually he could get you. A really nice scoring sheet, but he's gonna get some rebounds. He's gonna he's gonna play well. He's gonna be consistent, um, and then on the occasion, absolutely go off. Easley has three twenty point games and two failed to score games this season. It's it, I, I, yeah. I guess it just doesn't make any sense. If you want to, I guess if you want to get a guy for a week, Portis. If you want to get a guy for a game, I don't, try Beasley. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, toss up here. I think there's better, probably better players on your waiver wire. Um, like looking at the Washington Wizards from this game, Tyus Jones had himself a nice game. He played 30 minutes. If Tyus Jones on your waiver wire, go pick him up. Uh, oh, missed that game too, right? So, uh, yeah. Oh no, he played against the Bucks. He missed against the Hawks. Um, but you know what I mean. Like well, if right. if Poole is going to be out. 
for any length of time. Like, we talked about this before. They don't have anyone who can score. They had a lot of, like, they got blown out by the Hawks, but they had a really, like, balanced scoring night where Kisper had 10 points, Gafford had 12, Tyus Jones kind of stunk in that one, Kuzma had 12, they had three guys off the, or four guys off the bench scored double digits, like, Wizards, they're getting blown out so much, it's hard to recommend, like, pick up anybody at the same time, like, they're a team that you could look at on a night where there's not a lot of games and go like, all right, I'm going to start anybody that's available, even in a deeper league, like start one of their bench players. I mean, Landry Shamit had 12 points, two assists, and a rebound. That's a good stat line in a deep league. Played 17 minutes against the Hawks. Like, they're a team that in deeper leagues, especially, like, I look for some of their bench guys, like, as a stream, just because, like, I'm like, if this guy gets out there for 15 minutes, he could do something. Yeah, Kispert's going to play in those in those blowouts. Uh, actually, Denny Avia gets good minutes in the blowouts as well, which is um, weird. But uh, I, I did in the last uh, for the first time ever recommend picking up Denny Avia in, the, in a previous episode. So um, that's I think that's the hardest part. Uh, and you hit the nail on the head. They're, they're rarely going to be in a like. There's only going to be a handful of games that they're in. So when they get blown out, like who knows who plays? And there are plenty of other teams and plenty of other opportunities right now for guys you could pick up, um, whether it be due to injury or due to just uh, rotation movements that feel like you can trust them to play the minutes you think they're going to play versus hoping that their team stays in a, in a professional NBA game, which the Wizards seem incapable of doing. Like, I'm pretty sure Marvin Bagley's going to play at least 15 minutes uh, and sometimes 20, while I don't know if anybody uh, if on the Wizards, if you could guarantee to get their minutes within like a plus minus of five minutes for the next game that they're in. I have no, I have no idea. And uh, one guy that I'm targeting because of injury and it's terribly unfortunate because looks like Jalen Johnson, who was having a great um, fantasy season, uh, definitely someone I think a lot of people either picked in the la- at the end of their drafts or picked up off the waiver wires and have just been riding this guy uh, since then. There's got to be a better way of saying that. Um, he is uh, injured his left wrist. He's going to be out um, until Jan- uh, mid-January, really. And... That's an opportunity for DeAndre Hunter to be the guy. And DeAndre Hunter, I think, off and on comes in, plays those minutes. He's been good, but not great. Uh, Sometimes he puts on a really good stat line, and sometimes he's kind of disappears off the face of the planet. And now he's going to get like 30-some minutes a game, I think. And that was the time to see whether or not he can um, produce at a standard league level, which sometimes he can yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's going to get minutes, which is the number one stat in fantasy. So uh, if he's on your waiver wire, he's worth a look. Yeah, I already, I've already picked him up. I think you should go pick him up in most leagues right now. Um, Darius Garland came out of the uh, game against the Lakers, did not return. Uh, next strain, Tyler. Uh, I'm to the next strain. Should I take the rest of the podcast off? I would. If I were you, I would take maybe take two or three off. I'm gonna take some. I'm gonna go back to bed. I'm gonna go take a nap after this to get rid of that next strain. Actually, I think that's the thing that's giving me the next strain. I gotta get some new pillows for Christmas or something. 
But Darius Garland, I'm not too worried about that. It's an extra in. He might be out. I mean, maybe it's like a severe extra. I don't know. If your if your neck is fucked up, you can't play basketball. Um, so no shade on Darius Garland. I think he'll be back soon. I mean, I don't I don't think there's anywhere to go with that. Karis Levert obviously plays uh, with more when Darius is out. But can I recommend picking up Karis Levert? No, uh, sure, stream him. I guess. I would imagine Max Truce is already rostered in your league, though. I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, so if he's not, go do that. Larry Markkinen also oh, did not play. I, um, for this one, what what are you thinking here? Because this one, um, and his teammate also was out, right? George Clarkson was out with an illness. Yeah. This is a hamstring injury. Those always scare me a little bit, especially on a team that isn't trying to win. Like, yeah, as Martin and this feel like we're being cautious and losing games, even though they won against the Pelicans uh, in the game where they sat. I, ooh, it's hard to it's hard to tell if this is a. Well, either way, right? If this is a sort of injured, but we're going to sit him out a few games, or he's actually injured and he's going to sit out a few games, what the, the outcome's the same, right? Yeah, and that's my thing is like, do we let it go a little longer because we're not trying to win these games? I don't know. That's something. I mean, he's been very good, obviously. So uh, hopefully he's back on the court soon. Um, if you're making a weekly roster decision, are you starting marking him? Probably not. No. Unless yeah, I have I like this is... legitimately no choice because uh, my bench is terrible. But I guess the good I'm thing would be the Jazz. The Jazz do play four times, right? So like you could justify yep. like even if he misses on Monday, you know he can still get three games out of him, which most other teams play three games. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Like that would scare me enough to probably unless we get like definitive word that he's playing to sit him because you don't want to get no games. Yes. If you, you sit around and get a whole week of, of zero games from, from Larry Market, that would I mean, that's pretty brutal. I mean that kinda damns the rest of your that, that probably damns your week, quite frankly. Um so I, I haven't heard any updates or news if he's gonna play. It seems like he's questionable, right? Like that doesn't mean anything. Um for streamers in daily leagues though, uh I still recommend if you kinda know he's gonna play the minutes, probably Kelly Olenek. I mean, that guy is just when he is allowed to like go play basketball, he's just a great fantasy streamer. Yeah, Kelly Linux's been a favorite of ours for years. Um and if the minutes are there, he's gonna just do a lot of like different things that are gonna help you like like the last game, thirteen, six, three assists, one steal, one block, like good percentages. Only played twenty four minutes, like you gotta like that. Uh it was surprising that they started uh, Omar Yurtsen over yeah. uh, Walt Kessler and Olenek for me, um, but he had a decent game too. That's another guy like you could look at if you're trying to stream and you know that uh, Markkinen is going to be out. What What is the deal with Walker Kessler this year? I know he's been injured, and I know it's been a really, really slow start. Um, feels still to me like a buy-low situation, but it's a buy-low situation where I'm like, uh, are, are we sure? I should. Are we sure I should have him on my team for the rest of the season? 
I this is my point, I guess. This was my point in the preseason with these players that like they get you good blocks and good rebounds and score you know 10 points a game or whatever. It's like if his minutes go down a little bit or don't come up in Kessler's situation where like he played 23 minutes a game last year. Let's not forget that. And so, like, he gets you the blocks and the rebounds, great, but he gives you literally nothing else. There are no threes, there are no assists, there are no steals, and nine points isn't doing it for me. So, like, you're getting some great, two great categories, but, like, I'd much rather have somebody that's getting me solid across-the-board contributions where Kessler was picked than somebody who's going to be really good in two categories. So, if it's me... And I own Walker Kessler. I'm going to the team in last place in blocks and trying to trade him for whatever I paid in the draft. If someone is willing to sell me Walker Kessler for peanuts, I'll take it. But like, I don't yeah. want to buy him at his draft day price because I just don't think he was worth it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to buy him at his draft day price. I don't want to buy him. I mean, he just he literally. I mean, like he's back from injury, right? So maybe he'll start in the next game. But unless I can get him for peanuts, which I would happily actually just like take the chance, right? Because granted, this team is, you know, tanking and Walker Kessler is 22. And we've seen flashes of Walker Kessler dropping 20, dropping 30, but also then dropping seven points the very next night or four points the very next night. And that inconsistency in a young player is to be expected. I like that I've seen some flashes out of him, but also a lot of those flashes from Walker Kessler last season were near the end of the year where nobody gives a shit. And on top of that, once again, you're on a team that's kind of just allowing random stuff to happen because they're not trying to win. So some of these questions I have, and, and no, granted, that's what this season is going to be for the Jazz, too, but in the long term, if you're in, like, a Keeper League, Dynasty League, a team that's trying to win, are they playing through Walker Kessler? And my instinct is no. No, they're not playing through Walker Kessler. So if Kessler suddenly transported or the Utah Jazz finally decide, uh, hey, we got a pretty good team and we're going to be, like, you know, trying to, you know, play for, like, uh, the playoffs and we're gonna we're you know actually you know going to make the playoffs for sure if we're, we're playing with our best lineup in their best lineup with some movement from other players right i'm not saying who's on this team is walker kessler a 20 and 12 guy or is he an 10 and 8 guy and my instinct is to say, yeah, he's like he's probably like a ten and eight guy. Like he's he's probably the guy who's like a nice corner piece, good rim protector. But we're not running the offense through this dude if we're trying to win games. I think there's a larger basketball point here, maybe that, and a player like Walker Kessler who can't guard on the perimeter really play more than, like, 27 minutes a game in the NBA today. Yeah, Unless you... they're young, you know what I mean, who's, like, providing this incredible offensive value. I, I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Yes, because you can, I mean, I don't think you even have to be, I think you can even be a casual 
and watch a seven-game series and see when a player who cannot guard on the perimeter just gets run off the court and suddenly game two comes along and they don't that player just doesn't play anymore they're just like suddenly out of the rotation completely well that that's why right like a team that is good and a team that knows how to exploit um just runs until runs pick and rolls until they can switch onto walker kessler and then exploit walker kessler and they'll do it every single play until utah takes them out and that's what will happen and that's why in the long term right Walker Kessler seems like he's like a really promising per 36 stats. But in the long term, I, he's an exploitable NBA player. And so that ceiling will never be reached because the minutes will never be there. So if you're like I said, if you're actually this is dynasty advice. If you're in a dynasty league, you got Walker Kessler. Um, go find the guy who um, wants to have the most like rookies and young players on his team and be like not and never like competing for the dynasty league and go find his like best older player and then just do a, a swap for like paul george <laughs> like i you could probably in some dynasty leagues people love young players so much you could probably do kessler for paul george you know who walker kessler is oh he's um, mitchell robinson of three years ago Ooh, dang he might be a little bit better than that uh, but you're—I mean, you're not wrong. He's Mitchell Robinson. Right after that year, where he averaged like 23 points and was 21 years old, and he averaged 23 minutes, and he was like nine points and seven rebounds and two blocks. It's exactly what Walker Kessler was going to be. Like he's Mitchell Robinson. Everyone's going to keep telling you, "Oh, this is the year Mitchell Robinson's going to be awesome," and then you're going to look up in five years, and he's going to be averaging six and a half points, eleven rebounds, and a two blocks and you're going to be getting the same production you've been getting, but there's going to be a couple more rebounds. Great. Yeah. You're just going to be like, Oh, he's on my, he's on the team and he does, he does play. Um, why aren't we like, like same with Mitchell Robinson right now. You're like, what are they doing with him? Oh, this is what they were always going to do with him. Like just have him come in and play some decent minutes and then, not be a part of the actual, you know, crunch time rotation and like let's go. I mean, like I haven't seen Mitchell. I actually have not paid any attention to Mitchell Robinson because I refuse to. Um, I refuse to draft him. And like, I guess I will. I will say we were kind of poo pooing these like um, very like block first type centers. Um, Mitchell Robinson has been a. A borderline standard league player playing 29 minutes, six points, 11 rebounds. He's at least getting over a steal a game. I'm not sure Kessler can do that. And he's getting 1.2 blocks a game. Is that like a game changer? No. No, it is not. Um, I, w- I will say we were probably... A, probably. Sagoon is better than we gave him credit for in the, in the beginning. In the preseason, when we were like... Avoid all these dudes. I still stand by our statement, avoid all these dudes. But um, Segun's really shown that he, he he's a little bit more versatile than all of those dudes, simply because, like, he gets assists. Like, he's a good playmaker. A lot of people wanted to crown him as, like, Jokic 2.0 or Jokic 0.5, and 
I wouldn't go that far, y'all, but he can hit a three and he can get you. I mean, he's getting five over five assists a game, but the blocks aren't there, right? So the the the, the blocks aren't there. They're not going to be there for Albert Sagoon, but he is a more versatile player. While Walker Kessler is simply the rebounds block guy. You want to hear the most surprising uh, stat of the season? Yes. I'll let you guess. Can you name the top five teams in defensive rating as of the morning of November 26th? In defensive rating? Okay, that's a very specific. I'm going to say Boston because they're killing people. They are fourth. Oh. Um, I'm going to say, I feel like the Thunder play pretty well. I'm going to say the Thunder. They're, they're seventh. Ooh, okay, never mind. Uh, okay, dang. Um, defensively, who's been killing it? Miami, they're always in the mix. They're eight. I'm way off. Um, and then I'm going to say... I don't know who's who's good defensively these days. I feel like the Nuggets are well, no, the Nuggets are here and there. I'm gonna say the Nuggets. They're tenth. All right, then I'm. I have no idea. Uh five to one. An old friend of yours. You should have got this one. Who's your uh, old friend? Um, Thibodeau. Yep, they're fifth. Uh, Boston okay. fourth. Well, this- Minnesota third, which I thought you'd get. Uh, oh, yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota has been playing really well, but I didn't think it was uh, defensively, but Rudy Gobert. Forgot yeah. about him. The top two teams are the most surprising to me. The Orlando Magic are number two. Oh! And the Houston Rockets are number one. Whoa. What? Huh? Yeah. Houston Rockets. And credit Ime for that, because... They have a center who can't guard on the perimeter and yet have the best defense in the NBA through 14 games. And I don't know how he's doing it. The Rockets have... You can't even like say, oh, they've played such an easy schedule because they've played a lot of good teams. So... They're good. Credit to Ime for that, man. Like, he... They beat the Nuggets. They, they beat the Nuggets twice. They beat the Pelicans. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Kings twice. Like, now they played the Kings without De'Aaron Fox, but... Still, like you got to play them when when they're on your schedule. It it does seem like that team uh, one gives a shit, and uh, two, they have like Dylan Brooks apparently makes a difference, but like they have these like really long, and they're gonna get better, right? Because like Jabari Smith has been having the greatest fantasy season, but it seems like he's bought into like. Playing defense. Um, Terry Eason is long and he plays really good defense. Dalen Green, not not really known for his defense, but like when the whole team kind of buys in, it, it, it does. Like you, you could even like there's that one year, that very two month span where Zach Levine actually played league average defense, and that was because Lonzo Ball one was telling him how to play defense, and two they were winning, right? And, like, that kind of, like, spurs um, momentum. 
But the guy that I'm looking at on this Houston team, and I, I'd like to get your opinion on this. Eamon Thompson hasn't really, you know, he's been injured. He's been out. He's had a pretty severe ankle sprain. But he should be back here in the next month or so. I do feel like there is opportunity for him to play on this team. Maybe not 30 minutes. But, theoretically, we're seeing what Asar is doing in Detroit, and he's actually getting minutes there. If Aitman Thompson is as good, or, according to the people who drafted these rookies, slightly better than Asar Thompson, I think eventually he becomes someone who is either starting or the sixth man on Houston, and if so, isn't he... Fantasy relevant? Well, by all accounts, he's a better playmaker than Asar. So, like, a lot of Asar's questions are, like, what's kind of his offensive role um, as a guy who is not a great shooter, right? Um, I think a men is someone who can handle the ball a little bit more and, you know, do some things there. So, the average, you know, four or five assists a game is, like, a kind of backup point guard type behind... Fred Van Vliet, I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question would be, if the Rockets really stay in the race, do they do that? Because, I mean, playing a rookie significant minutes is never conducive to being in the playoffs. That is Unless that rookie is one of the all-time greats, which I don't think Ben Thompson is going to be. No offense to him. Fair enough. I just long term, I got my eye on him in Thompson. I'm just um, for this season, even like I'm just like eh, there's there's a there's a potential here. But you're right, if they're winning games with their current formula, usually coaches don't mess up that formula, and especially not to just give some rookie some more minutes. But there's the craziest stat about the Rockets season good. too. He's gonna, he's gonna play. They're eight and one at home and zero oh and five on the road. Interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. So they only play defense at home, apparently. Good for them. I say hey, that's uh, gotta give the gotta give the fans what they want. It's more than the Chicago Bulls have ever done uh, in the last decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's it for week six. Uh, we're definitely gonna be back with uh, looking at the waiver wires here this week. I really don't know unless we're gonna get some announcements heading into week seven before week seven starts. Not sure we can do much prep for week seven, so leave leave all your transfers out there uh, for week six. Approach week seven with a with a giant question mark, and you know, glue your eyes to Twitter and make this uh, split second decisions. Week seven is going to be an absolute clusterfuck, and then week eight's going to have the repercussions of that because there's going to be like thirteen games on Monday and and it's just going to be um another question mark the, the the teams who played in the final that you get no stats for by the way you will get no stats for the finals um are they going to start sitting players because they tried too hard in the, in the tournament and I feel like the Lakers are going to try too hard in this turn they already are trying too hard in this tournament because I feel like it's one of those like stupid things that uh, LeBron will be like, oh, legacy LeBron, he was the first player to win the NBA Cup that no one cared about. Oh, cool, great, no one... He was the MVP of the inter-league season 
tournament that congratulations i don't know so i i feel like the lakers are going to try way too hard and then they're going to like and then LeBron's mysteriously going to miss the rest of December like he usually does. Takes about two weeks off for the holidays and gets those platelets replaced in his knees, Tyler. So, I, uh, which shout out to him. Like, the dude's doing it. Like, I used to be mad about this shit, and I don't care. He's, it's incredible to watch him do what he's doing at his age. Um, and the Lakers are playing well, so I don't know. It's, it's hard to complain. Also, for your normal week, you wanted it starts on Christmas for the most part. Yes, for the for the average human being uh, who occasionally watches the NBA, the the season don't even start for another month. So I don't know. Screw the casuals. I assume if you're listening to this, you're not a casual. Uh, and if I assume if you're also listening to this, you're following us on Twitter. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. Tyler, where can people find you? Find me at Tyler P. Watts. Go follow Tyler. Go follow Tyler. Go follow me. And hit us up with what you want to hear on the show. Get feedback. If you have any questions about your team, uh, we're on Twitter. And we will reply because uh, we also have Twitter. And we, we are here to make sure that you are prepared to win your league. And I hope, like the last show... We're talking about the playoffs already. And you should be thinking about the playoffs as well. So go listen to that show if you already haven't. And we will see you next time.